The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rake. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Must be 21 or older and in Nevada to legally enter. Circa Sports encourages responsible gaming. All rights reserved. What's up? This Shaq Barrett, outside linebacker of the Tampa Bay Bucks, and you're listening to the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. What is going on, everybody? I hope you're having a great day today. This is Alex from the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. This is the 36th episode of Season 3. Today, we are talking about must-have wide receivers. These are guys we do not want to leave any draft without this year, and we have full confidence that they will be great in fantasy football. Joining me today to break this all down is a man who is the Director of Predictive Analytics for the Action Network and has been the Number one ranked fantasy pros expert in three of the last seven seasons. He is also a former member of my Adele division in the Scott Fishbowl 12 with over 77,000 followers on Twitter and a name that sounds like the next great Batman villain. He is the (laughs) odds maker, Sean Corner. Welcome back to the show. What's up, dude? And I, I think you spanked me in the Scott Fishbowl League, right? My team uh, <laughs> definitely had some injury issues, but I think you got me last year, right? I think I did, but I think the <laughs> is, I drafted Tim Tebow in like the 19th round, and um, he didn't. He did not carry me to victory. Oh but my I god! Think, you know, I had, I, had Jesus, <laughs> I had Jesus on my side, so that that never. Hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that brief moment last year. We thought Tim Tebow might be a tight end. That was fun. I, I actually made a video and it was more of like a funny, a funny video, not serious, but like I made a case on TikTok of why Tim Tebow could be a top 12 tight end this year. I was like, they have no other competition for targets. Like he's getting praise at a camp. <laughs> well, we, we kind of knew the Jaguars would be a disaster, yeah. but not that kind of disaster. Like, yeah. yeah, I, at the time, like, that's why I love this time of year. Sometimes the hype hit and some, you know, sometimes it doesn't, but that's, that's what makes fantasy football so fun. I agree, but I live for the hype because this is the year where your, your yeah. team your team doesn't suck yet. Your favorite player has not got hurt, and your your team that you actually root for in real life still has hope. Yep, <laughs> so exactly. like, this, is, this is the absolute best time of year, and <laughs> what better time to talk must-have wide receivers. It's my favorite position. It's your favorite position. The best position to talk are must-have guys for this year. We will start with you since you are the guest today. Who is your first must-have wide receiver for the 2022 season? Uh, it's got to be Alan Lazard at wide receiver 44. Um, last year, Mike Williams was my the wide receiver I ended up with the most of. Um, and he was right around this range, you know, wide receiver 40 to 45. Um, it's not dependent on what draft position you have. Sometimes in the earlier rounds, it really depends on what draft slot you have to which players are going to have exposure to. But this is a range where you can get him at any point. Um, and I love this range because he's going to be your wide receiver four or, or, you know, start to fill out your bench. Um, so love the the four ceiling combo with Lazard. I mean, um, not only is Devontae Adams gone, but MVS is gone as well. So uh, Lazard has the most chemistry out of anybody with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers even said 
the other week that Lazard will probably be his number one target. So that alone should sound the alarms that you should be taking him before wide receiver 40. Um, so while he doesn't have as much talent and he's not as sexy as some of these other guys in this range, he's still the best bet to score 10 plus touchdowns and just see consistent targets week in, week out. So um, in this range, just you can't beat his floor and ceiling combo. And it does seem like Lazard's been around forever, but we have to remember he's only 26 years old. So he's still entering his prime. Um, so that's why Lazard right now is my most rostered wide receiver. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. And I think that as, again, we we get better, you know, as fantasy football players, I think often when looking back at prior seasons, like these really good wide receivers like that are drafted in these rounds are usually coming from like ambiguous, you know, wide receiver, you know, cores as J.J. Zacharyson would probably say. And they're also guys that are playing in good offenses. And Alan Lazar checks both of those boxes. It's, we don't know who's going to be the wide receiver one. And he's in a really good offense. So I know people are concerned about the town a little bit, and I completely understand that. But this is the exact kind of guy that you want to target that has, you know, a lot of chances to get volume and is playing in a good offense and is playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback. And he should still be getting better, you know, as he goes on. So I really like that Alan Lazard pick. But a guy that I'm going for maybe doesn't have as much of a clear path to targets, but maybe I'm going for the the campfire narrative here, but it's Brandon Ayuk. And Brandon Ayuk is someone that has really grown on me. I was very anti-Brandon Ayuk at the start of this offseason, but he was also the wide receiver 16 over the back half of last season, which is awesome. He's been a top five, 35 wide receiver in back-to-back years, but he's finished 35 back-to-back years. But the narrative that he trained with Trey Lance all offseason, and I actually don't think there's been a more hyped-up player in all of training camp this year than Brandon Ayuk. Every single day we hear hype about Ayuk in camp, Every single day, there's a new quote, whether it's from Kyle Shanahan, his teammate, from Trey Lance, from beat reporters about how awesome Brandon Ayuk looks. But there was something that came out today, and Hayden Winks, I think, quote tweeted this, that I guess Ayuk spent the entire offseason almost like living with Trey Lance. They were working out like, you know, six days a week and doing workouts together all the time. And we've seen that connection completely in camp. And even Kyle Shanahan has said, this guy looks completely different the last year. He gets it. So maybe it's the, the, the narrative, but... He's going as the wide receiver 41. I'm a full believer in Trey Lance. And, you know, I know Debo and Kittle are there, but I, I'm a big believer in IU. Where do you where do you fall on this? Oh, yeah. I mean, as somebody that's also a big believer in Trey Lance, uh, I believe he was my bold call last year. So I was probably a year too early on him. I, I love Ayuk with Trey Lance because Trey Lance is going to push the ball down the field a lot more than Jimmy G. So that's where Ayuk's going to thrive. Um you know, Lance can also buy time with his legs to let someone Ayuk open down the field. So love it. I also love that Kyle Shannon is already raving about him. I think one of the reasons why people shy away from Ayuk is partly due to the Shanahanigans uh, <laughs> at the beginning of last season where he was just kind of benched outright when we all thought he was going to be a wide receiver too. So the fact that Shanahan is already, you know, raving about him is good news heading into the season. I think it was a perfect fit. Uh, with Trey Lance. So love the call as well. Yeah. And again, like I, you I actually had Kadarius Tony originally in here, but I, I love Kadarius Tony and the talent, but the reason he didn't make this list, my listeners know I like Kadarius Tony. So I'm, I'm a little bit more off him. I just wanted to touch on him real quick that we're talking about mm-hmm. this. Like 
we have not heard great reports about like how he's looking in this offense. Like I think it was Dan Schneider went on um, the Draft Shark show with Jared Smola the other day and said that Kadarius Tony looks a little bit lost, but they're a full believer in the talent. He's had a little bit of injury questions in it, and I still believe in the talent of Kadarius Tony. I think right now I've just shifted a little bit more to Ayuk, where I know that he's been amazing in camp. I know he's playing in a better offense with a really great quarterback. So that's kind of why I'm pivoting to Ayuk for those that are wondering. But let's Sean, let's go back to you for your number two. Must have wide receiver. Could it also be someone that you you owned a lot last year as well? Uh thankfully not. And it's Allen Robinson. Uh, at, he's going around the wide receiver twenty seven range. It looks like um, last year he was arguably the biggest disappointment. Um, you know, I, luckily I didn't really target him much last year. But uh, this time last year I was targeting both Cooper Cup and Robert Woods fairly heavily. And you know, the wide receiver fifteen to eighteen range. And I was saying that, you know, having Matthew Stafford on her center would, you know, only increase their downfield targets, but also their end zone targets. Um, and, you know, with, with Cooper Cup, I mean, I had no idea he was going to become a league winner like that. And Robert Woods, he before he got hurt in week nine, he was the wide receiver 11. I actually ended up with more Robert Woods, unfortunately. But either way, they both hit. So the same applies to Allen Robinson now. And for him, he's never had a quarterback even remotely uh, close to being as good as Matthew Stafford. So being in this offense, I think we can overlook last season with Chicago. That was a disaster. Some of it was his fault, but either way, you know, he's turning 29 this month. So I still think he has a couple good seasons left in him in this offense. He could put up low end wide receiver one numbers. So the fact that you can get him more of a high end wide receiver three, like I am, you know, target him as often as possible. Um, so he's probably my second, most rostered wide receiver at the moment. Just I'm a big believer in this offense. I will say, though, I am very nervous about Stafford's elbow and the fact that they're not letting John Walford play at all in the preseason. That's slightly concerning, so we'll have to monitor that. But if Matthew Stafford is 100% healthy, ready to go this season, I don't see how Robinson doesn't hit um, where he's going right now. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And the, I, as long as the Stafford thing checks out, and hopefully it'll be a non-issue. I mean, that guy's that guy has played through literally yeah. everything. <laughs> a broken so shoulder. He, yeah, like the dude, the dude is like literally playing in the field in a wheelchair. Like if, if <laughs> a little, if an arm, like if his arm tendon, you know, is is feeling yeah. a little sore, and you know, we need to put a little bit of like ibuprofen on it. Like I think that he's going to be okay, but. I will say Allen Robinson is probably one of three wide receivers I'm considering to be my my guy wide receiver this year. Like I'm so in love with him. It's again everything we talked about where he's in a great offense, tied to a great quarterback, also the best quarterback of his entire career. He has not had more than 7 touchdowns since 2015 and the Rams last year were first in passing rate inside the 10 and second in passing rate inside the 5. Exact things that you want to target. We've also Going back to the training camp hype, I've heard nothing but amazing things about Allen Robinson. But another thing that I want to know is often we hear hype in training camp about guys we've never heard of and guys that aren't doing it. But we've been hearing hype about Robinson since minicamp. Like this has been like literally since they signed him, they've been like, we have big plans for this guy. We want to use this guy. He looks amazing. And what have we heard all the way till August? The same exact things. And that's the exact things I think we're looking for when he's tied to the great offense, the great quarterback. Everything is shaping up for Robinson to have a big year, a career year with the best quarterback of his entire life. Blake Bortles is probably the second best. So that, <laughs> yeah, that's no, honestly. Big volume. Like, or maybe, maybe Justin Field, rookie Justin Fields. I don't know. But point being, Allen Robinson, absolutely love him. Get him in every single draft. Another guy that, Sean, I was off. 
at the beginning of this season. And maybe I am just going crazy because it is August and I'm falling into the hype. But Juju Smith-Schuster is my second must-have guy. All reports have said that he has been the clear Chiefs wide receiver one in training camp. He's still only 25 years old, playing in arguably the best offensive scheme in football. That has 53% of their targets up for grabs, including 44% of those inside the 10-yard line. But the biggest thing I said here, what I want to make sure that people understand, is I said the best offensive scheme in football. Do I think that Juju is a great route runner? No. But – as we've seen with Cooper Cup, you don't need to be a great route runner. If you're a slot guy in a really good scheme like this, these are the guys that are successful. And when Juju is going around the wide receiver 30, and I want to place first place in my leagues when I'm playing with 12 other people or 11 other people or however many it is, I want to draft guys that have maximum tier upside that are in good offenses with a clear path to targets. I keep saying that. Juju is one of those guys. I am a Sky Moore guy as well. So I think one of those guys is going to be a great value in fantasy. But everything we've seen out of camp is that Juju's the clear wide receiver one. He's making plays every day, and he's tied to the best quarterback in all of football. Am I getting a little too hyped about some of the Juju stuff, or do you think that he actually has a real path to be great this year? No, I think he has a great path to be good this year. And when it comes to the teams like you know the Packers and Chiefs, where they lost their top wideout, arguably some of the top wideouts in the game, um, when it comes to the Packers, I think it's pretty clear Lazard will be the number one target. It's a bit of a mystery beyond that. I think the same thing with the Chiefs. I think Juju will be the top wide receiver. It's a little bit of mystery behind him with, you know, Sky Moore, Hardman could finally, you know, break out. And then they have Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So I think that Juju will be that stable number one target from the wide receiver group. Obviously, Travis Kelsey will be the top target overall. But it seems like 15 years ago, I was projecting Juju Smith-Schuster with Antonio Brown in the top five. Uh, remember their Steeler days? He's only 25 years old. People have to remember that. He's still entering his prime. Like, it's insane, like, how long it seems like he's been around. He just started at a very young age. Um, so I, I love the situation he's in. Uh, being tied with arguably the best quarterback, the best scheme, like you mentioned, in the league is too good to pass up. And he's going, you know, in the late wide receiver three range. He might even be the first wide receiver on your bench. Um, and he could be just a high floor kind of guy every weekend, week out. So love, you know, where he's going ADP right now. Yeah. And, and again, it all goes back to like, there are other guys that are going in that range that are more talented than Juju. Like I, I'm not debating that, but in terms of like being tied to the scheme, the quarterback, the situation, the exact kind of guy that could go nuclear, you know, in your, in your draft. So I think that Juju is someone that I really like this year. I'm really excited about him. And I hope that either him or Sky Moore, one of those guys, because I'll have a ton of shares of both, will go crazy for this season. But let's go to our wide receiver three or the third pick that we have. Back to you, Sean. Who is your next pick as a must-have wide receiver? So I mentioned this guy was my most rostered wide receiver last year. Uh, it's a little bit tougher this year because he's going so early, but I'm going with Mike Williams. Um, right around the wide receiver 19 range is his current ADP. Um, and, you know, last year I was buying into the idea that uh, new offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi um, was going to expand his route tree and use him in the Mike Thomas role. And that's pretty much what happened. And we saw it in the first five weeks. I felt like a genius. I mean, Mike Williams was the number one wide receiver overall in fantasy. And then he tweaked his knee um, in week five. I think it was in Cleveland. Uh, and then the following week, he only played 36% of the snap. So clearly that knee injury was an issue. And I think it spilled over like arguably the rest of the season. Um, so 
you know, heading into this year, he's still going to be Justin Herbert's main downfield threat and end zone target. Um, so those are the high value targets in that offense and just tying him with one of the up and coming best quarterbacks in the league, Justin Herbert, I can't pass it up uh, at wide receiver 19. And, you know, he he's going to be volatile week to week just based on his targets, uh, you know, downfield and in the end zone. But I still love the upside you can get at wide receiver 19 this year. Yeah, and everyone knows that Mike Williams is like a big, I mean, he's 6'5", he's the jump ball guy. He's like the exact prototypical guy you want to throw in the end zone. You go, you want to throw two in the end zone, right? Mm -hmm. And Mike Williams has only converted 20% of his end zone targets since over the last three years. Eight out of 40 since 2019. So he's due for some positive regression and some more touchdowns. Like, again, he catches a lot of jump balls. Those are 80-20 balls from Mike Williams. He is due for a lot more touchdowns this year. Like I said, he was literally the wide receiver 12 last year on a bum knee for most of the year. <laughs> yep. So, like, what can he do this year where Keenan Allen is probably not going up, you know, anymore mm -hmm. in his career? Austin Eckler also can't go up anymore. They could both be the exact same player they were last year. But Mike Williams is the wide receiver 12 with those players being that, that good last year. And the scary thing is Justin Herbert could get better this year. And Exactly. So the only way for Austin Eckler probably, unless he just is just – I don't know how he could get any better. Keenan Allen has been unreal, and I don't know how he could get any better. And if Justin Herbert gets better and Mike Williams gets better and these guys, the only way goes down, like, like what's going to happen? Like, yeah. like, I, mean, I think Mike Williams, he just needs to get better at falling. Yeah. Um, that's his problem. He takes some really yeah. nasty hits when he doesn't have to. So he needs to get better at – these, these jump balls and how he lands and stay healthy for once, Mike. Yeah. yeah he, he falls like the cans that you see in a carnival game. Like, you know, when you, when you throw the balls at the thing and all the cans just like yeah. just flying everywhere. Like that's what right. I think of when Mike Williams goes up, like he just looks like one of those carnival cans and you know, someone is winning a big teddy bear every time that Mike Williams falls on the ground. Yeah, so I get better at that. Not gonna exactly. Lie. No, I, I completely, completely agree there. My next guy is, is not a, a, a fun or a, a sexy pick. But it's a guy that beats ADP like literally every single year, and it's Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks was a top 15 wide receiver in points per game last year with Davis Mills. In those games that he played with Davis Mills, Cooks was literally on pace for 163 targets. He's also reportedly, because you know I love my training camp news, has been the best player in Texans training camp. And since 2015, Brandon Cooks has finished in the top 20 fantasy football wide receivers all but one year. All but one year. It was one year with the Rams that he didn't. Otherwise, no matter who the quarterback has been, no matter what the offense has been, he has been a top 20 wide receiver. And he's going outside the top 20 right now. And he could get ridiculous volume. And, you know, John Metchie was supposed to be there. And he's going to miss this whole season, which opens up, you know, potentially even more targets for Brandon Cooks. I think this offense is going to be airing it out. We've heard a lot of really great things about Davis Mills in his second year. And Brandon Cooks literally is the human ADP beater every single year. Sean, I love you. I appreciate you coming on my show. But, like, there's no way we can possibly disagree here. Brandon Cooks is a value, correct? Exactly. And, you know, I was hard on Brandon Cooks a couple years ago because I thought he was, you know, benefiting from the quarterback and schemes that he's been in uh, throughout his career. I mean, he had Drew Brees. Tom Brady, he had good Jared Goff and uh, Deshaun Watson. And and then last year with Davis Mills, the fact that he was able to do what he did just proves that he's a really talented wide receiver. And, you know, one of the reasons I do like him heading into this year is Davis Mills was very surprising last year. Like, I was surprised how good he was. And he, I think he led 
the NCAA in um, first read targets. So he loves to just lock in on his first read. And that's obviously Brandon Cooks in this offense. So it just, it gives Cooks, you know, a very solid floor ceiling combo week to week, having Mills under center. And they're going to be a very bad team, let's face it. So they're going to have plenty of trailing game scripts. They're going to air it out. This is, this season is Mills, you know, audition for their future quarterback. You know, next year's class is loaded. So I think they're going to let Mills air it out to Brandon Cooks. So yeah, love Cooks at his current ADP as well. The the only thing though I will push back on on my own take here with Brandon Cooks is I'm not necessarily sure about him having like that top 10 ceiling if they're going to be in a bad offense. Like I think that he's going to be great for fantasy. He's going to be fine. He's going to finish above his ADP like he does every year. He's going to be great. But if you're looking for a wide receiver one in that range, draft Allen Robinson. He has more of yeah. that ceiling than Brandon Cooks does. So I love Brandon Cooks. I think he's going to beat ADP, but if you're looking for someone that more has the wide, like a top 10 wide receiver in their range of outcomes, I'm not sure Brandon Cooks is that guy, but he's a guy that literally is going to, you know, help you be a lot better, you know, overall in your drafts. But Sean, we will go back to you. We each have two players left before we get into your 2022 flag plant. Back to you. Who is your fourth must have wide receiver for this year? Uh, so this one is based on talent alone, and that's Elijah Moore in the wide receiver 33 range. I think that's the perfect time to take a guy like this. Uh, and he was one of my favorite rookies heading into last season. And he got off, you know, a bit to a slow start, and he battled injuries that kept him out for six games. But we had a glimpse at his ceiling last year when he was healthy, weeks 8 through 13. Um, only Justin Jefferson had more half PPR points than Elijah wow. Moore over that stretch. And I think the amazing part of that stretch was he had four different quarterbacks during that time. He had Mike White, uh, who is, you know, a below average quarterback along with Josh Johnson, Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson. So, I mean, the fact that he did that with those four guys, all below average quarterbacks was the amazing part for me. And he only ran route 69% of the time over that stretch. So, you know, I'm an ex, you know, I'm expecting him to be closer to an 85 to 90% route runner this year. So I think that should help offset the added competition for targets with a, a talented guy like Garrett Wilson there. They beefed up the tight end room. So I think that'll help offset it um, with, you know, increased playing time. But, you know, he does rely on Zach Wilson having a year two leap a bit this year. Like, I think that's going to dictate where his ceiling is. But he showed last year that he's QB proof. So I think, you know, in this wide receiver three, this is the wide receiver four range almost um, for, you know, how I'm attacking wide receivers. You can't beat the upside. So he's a pure bet on talent for me. Um, and this scheme, you know, it produced quite a bit of 300 plus yard passing games. They're going to be in trailing game scripts. So I, I just don't see how Elijah Moore can really bust at this price right here. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to bust, but I'm I'm a little bit worried. And, and again, we, you were on my podcast last year, and I think Elijah Moore was one of my picks. Like, I, I love Elijah Moore. You're wearing a Jets hat. Like, Elijah Moore is, like, one of my favorite players in the NFL right now, but I just don't know if I can get behind him in fantasy football. And I think the guy that I, I keep thinking of, and maybe it's just unfair of me to make comparisons like this, but the guy I keep going back to that makes me worried about him is, like, Terry McLaurin. Like, I think Terry McLaurin is literally one of the top five or six maybe most talented wide receivers in terms yeah. of getting open at will. And Elijah Moore feels like that to me as a guy that may maybe not the most like physically like like gifted, you know, because he's like five yeah. nine, but gets open at will just like Terry McLaurin does. But we have not even seen the top 20 finish from Terry McLaurin because his QB, QB play has been terrible. And if Elijah Moore is on the Jets and Zach Wilson isn't good, 
I just don't see how like Elijah Moore could be a huge value for me. And maybe that's Brandon Cook syndrome, but Brandon Cook has produced year after year in fantasy, and he's had a lot of top 15 finishes, and he was really great last year. He was top 15 in points per game with Davis Mills. But again, maybe it's unfair of me to say, maybe I'm being hypocritical, but I just keep going back to Terry McLaurin, and I'm like, I just can't get behind Elijah Moore because I'm not sure I believe that much in Zach Wilson. So where, how, what do you think about yeah, that? that? Please give me some pushback. No, that's that's obviously fair, and I think if he does bust, it's going to be things outside of his control, really, like yeah. Zach Wilson being terrible, um, or just the, the added competition for targets. I mean, there's not going to be that many yards to go around on a week-to-week basis. You know, they just got Brees Hall, so maybe they'll be a little bit more run-heavy. There's obviously a lot of factors that can lead to more having a down year, but when I'm making my portfolio of wide receivers I'm targeting, I mean, a guy like Lazard, it's not necessarily based on talent. Yeah. It's purely the scheme. So I do like having a blend of guys that I'm relying on the scheme and then just pure talent like Elijah Moore. I think that he has the talent to overcome the situation that surrounds him. And he, he showed that last year. So that's what I'm saying is that yep. brief glimpse of Elijah Moore ceiling last year is sort of why I'm investing him being fully aware of sort of the pitfalls and the things that will prevent him, you know, from crushing his ADP. I just don't see how he doesn't come close to wide receiver 33 numbers just based on his talent alone. So I take all your, the negative points. I'm well aware of them. I'm just kind of baking that into, you know, uh, my exposure to him, I would say. Agree. And and the other thing I want to point out to the the listeners right now, I'm actually still drafting Elijah Moore a lot. Like I, like I'm, I'm giving you pushback, but like, I'm actually still drafting Elijah Moore. He, he's not my like top five wide receiver in exposure that I had, like I think earlier in the off season, but he's still one of my higher exposure players because, like you said, he's going is outside the top 30 wide receivers right now, and I don't see a chance of how he doesn't finish inside the top 30. I just wanted – there's another player going almost right next to him that we'll talk about later that has a clear path to a higher target share and a better offense that I think I'm just targeting a little bit more. But we'll get into that later. But my fourth wide receiver is a guy that I think is just destined by any means necessary to have a big breakout this year, and it's Michael Pittman. I, Michael Pittman took a massive leap last year. He more than doubled his targets, receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns, you name it. He had an elite 25.7% target share, but where he really excelled was his route running. He had the fourth highest route run win rate in the NFL. He posted top 20% marks all time in beating man zone and press coverage per reception perception. He even hauled in a ridiculous 85% of his contested targets. And this doesn't even cover the fact that he has Matt Ryan at QB. Matt Ryan was far better than Carson Wentz last year in accuracy versus man, zone, under pressure, against play action. Matt Ryan was significantly better. And, you know, from 2009 to 2020, Matt Ryan's wide receiver one has averaged 160 targets a season. Granted, Michael Pittman is not Roddy White. Michael (laughs) Pittman is probably not Julio Jones either. But again, Matt Ryan is no problem targeting these. Michael Pittman has no competition, you know, outside – for targets, like who's it going to be? Like Alec Pierce, who's a rookie, Ashton Doolin, Mo Ali Cox. Like, no, like Michael Pittman has a clear path to targets with a quarterback that likes to target his wide receiver one. He just took a big leap in year two, and he should be even better going into year three in a good offense. Last thing, Michael Pittman, nothing but amazing reports in training camp that he's dominating. The connection with Matt Ryan is looking great. Those are the exact things that we want to hear you know, going into it. And I know that these things are just aiding my narratives and you might not believe in the training camp news, but everything else, if you take out the training camp stuff points to a really big year for Michael Pittman this year, please tell me that you are in on Michael Pittman. Cause I think he's going to smash. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, Matt Ryan, I think will help um, over Carson Wentz from last season. And then the other thing is, you know, the Colts were a very run heavy team last year, obviously because, you know, they have the best running back in the entire league and Jonathan Taylor, but they led the league in time of possession with the lead last year. So unless you think the Colts are a lot to win the Super Bowl, I would expect some regression in that area. So they're going to have some more trailing game scripts and not have the ball at the lead as much this year. So we will see the pass rate go up, which is going to help Pittman. I think he. there were some times last year where they just abandoned throwing the ball because of the lead, give it to John Taylor. We're going to see a little bit less of that this year. So I think that's going to help um, Pittman's targets overall go up this year. So I think he has some sneaky upside uh, as well that I think other people are kind of overlooking right now. 100%. And he is going higher in drafts. But the other thing that I'd like to point out is that like he was the wide receiver 17 last year mm-hmm. like with, with Carson Wentz. So this team is going to throw more. He got a big upgrade at QB. And like he's still going to get better going into his yeah. third year when he took a big leap in year two. So like how like at his floor is wide receiver 17. Like those are three factors that are all clearly going to be like a part of it. That he's going to be better. Matt Ryan will be, a, will be better than Carson Wentz and their offense will throw more. So like yep. his floor is like the wide receiver 17 and his ceiling is a lot higher. I think that he could be top five this year. Yeah, so I, there I, was times last year I was ranking him inside my top 10. That yeah. was last year with a worse yeah. situation. So yeah, he absolutely has, I would say mid-range wide receiver one potential is probably his ceiling, but he certainly has it. Exactly. I can I can already see it now. It's, you know, week 10, Michael Pittman's the top five wide receiver. <laughs> Elijah Moore is somewhere inside the top 20 and, and, and Michael yeah. calls Elijah Moore and he's like, hey man, I wish you had good quarterback play because your fantasy <laughs> numbers would be just like mine right now if you exactly. had the same kind of quarterback that I did. So I absolutely love those guys. But let's get into our final players before we get into your flag plant. We will go back to you. Your final must-have wide receiver for this year. Sean, the floor is yours. So this is my late round guy. It's KJ Osborne and the wide receiver, you know, 80 range. Um, you know, last season. Chris Raba and I were, you know, thinking that he was a sneaky option heading into the 2021 season as the Vikings number three wide receiver. And he ended up having a solid season. Uh, He finished last season as the wide receiver 38. Um, So I think having a new head coach and Kevin O'Connell bringing over the Rams scheme where they're probably going to run more 11 personnel, um, it should benefit Osborne. Last year, he averaged a 75% route run rate. Uh, this year it could be closer to 85 to 90% if the scheme is similar to the Rams. So um, there could be more volume overall to go around. So in, in this range, you can't beat the floor ceiling combo uh, for KJ Osborne. I don't think he's necessarily a league winner in this range, but there's not many that you can find outside of the top 80. Uh, but certainly in like a best ball league, I've been targeting him a ton in this range. He's way too cheap. 100%. I think it was Patrick Peterson who, you know, Osborne plays against every mm-hmm. single day in practice. It said in his podcast, I think it was that if any player on the Vikings is going to break out this year, like on offense, it's KJ Osborne. Like that's the guy that's going to yeah. be like a lock for like a thousand yards. And again, he was great last year. He's the number one wide receiver in, in, uh, in QB rating when targeted, which is definitely a total cherry pick stat that probably doesn't mean much, but I like Osborne. I like the scheme. But the biggest thing I want to highlight, my guy Zara on Twitter, highlighted that Van Jefferson last year ran the 16th most routes in the NFL. And he was that wide receiver yep. through role that he'll be playing in this new offense where Osborne was 31st. So Osborne should significantly move up in the total routes run win rate. Their offense should be even better in this new scheme that throws more. 
and Osborne is tied to a good quarterback and a good offense. Again, these yeah. themes that keep coming up that are players we want to target in fantasy football. Osborne fits all of those. I, I love that pick. Do you have anything else on Osborne? No, just target him in that range in, in any format, really. Like it, best ball in that range, he's awesome. In deeper leagues where you, you know, you're going to need a bye week emergency play, take him. He has injury upside if Adam Thielen. Or even Justin Jefferson, knock on wood, uh, misses time. He's he's going to see, you know, potentially wide receiver three upside. So I'm um, targeting him wherever I can in this range. Agree, 100%. I think the my final player today is a guy that is a lock to produce in, in his in his career at some point. It's going to be this year. I hope so. If it's not, it'll be next year, the year after. This guy is going to be amazing this year. And it's Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, he had an 80-plus PFF grade as a rookie, and 100% of players to hit this 80-plus PFF grade had a top 12 season in fantasy football by their fourth NFL season. That is another 12 or 13 guys, I think, off the top of my head that have hit this. Every single one of these guys had a top 12 season by their fourth year in the league. Like, he'd be a historical outlier if he doesn't hit it. He was also, you know, as a rookie, after he had his first, you know, nine games to kind of get it sorted out over the back half of the season, he's the wide receiver five in, in all of fantasy football behind only Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Justin <laughs> Jefferson, and Debo Samuel. Do you know who the top four wide receivers were in the whole league last year? Those four guys. Wow. So for the whole – a whole half of a season, not four games like Rashad Penny, a half of a football season after being a rookie for the first nine games, he was the wide receiver five. But – He's also elite at commanding targets. He had a 21.4% target share as a rookie, which is phenomenal. He was targeted at an even higher rate in the red zone. And players that have this high of a target share almost always improve in their second year. And don't forget, it's also worth noting the Lions, every game that they won in 2021, which is three games, St. Brown had at least 10 targets in all of those games. They also, a beat reporter, I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, I'm sorry, said they want to center their offense around this guy. And that if Dan Campbell could build a wide receiver in a lab, it would be a Monroe St. Brown. I don't know about the truth on that one. That might be going a little, you know, overboard. But again, I think Amon Ra is amazing. I think he's going to have a really big season this year. And I think that he has a big path to a lot of targets. And I know that there's the narratives out there that are like, you know, Swift and Hawkinson will steal more. But I think that Amon Ra St. Brown is going to be a lot better going into his second year overall. And I think that he's going to be able to command a lot of targets. Do I think he's going to be the wide receiver five? No. I think I have him ranked right inside my top 20 right now. But I'm a full believer in him. The final player that I have today, Sean, do you agree or disagree on Amon Ross St. Brown? Yeah, I'm mixed on him, so I'm similar to you with Elijah Moore. I, I okay. end up with Amon Ross St. Brown whenever he falls past a certain point. Like, if he falls outside of the top 25, I'm absolutely targeting him. But I, I have trouble reaching for him. You mm -hmm. know, once he, once he goes in, like, the wide receiver 20 range, I think that's a bit too high because he's going to have more target competition this year. Let's face it. Yep. Um, you know, Swift, when he's healthy, is going to command his targets. When Hawkinson's healthy, he's going to command his targets. They brought in DJ Shark and Jamison Williams, so they're going to command targets downfield. Um, so, well, I, I still think Amon Ra is going to command his target share, which he should. He won't be able to really supplement it with touchdowns. That's really the only weakness is he's not going sure. to be, you know, a 10-touchdown guy. But love the talent. He was one of my favorite late-round sleepers last year. As somebody that lives in Los Angeles, I watch a ton of USC games. Um, so guys coming out of USC, I have a pretty good handle on Michael Pittman, who you mentioned before, like loved him coming out, loved Amal Ross St. Brown, 
love Drake London heading into this year. So I think they're all very talented. It's just his ADP has just gone way too high for comfort for me. So he's the guy where I'm cherry picking when he falls outside of the top 25. I absolutely want him, but I, I just he's more of a high floor guy for sure. Yeah, definitely. And and maybe it's just more compared to Elijah Moore. I just believe in their offense a little bit more. And I know there's people that are yeah. probably pulling their hair out that they listen to this <laughs> podcast. And this guy's like, I believe in – saying I believe in the Lions offense in any context, they're like, I am immediately you, turning this off. You were preaching the choir. You are in welcome company right here. The Lions <laughs> are one of my favorite best ball stacks. So yeah. getting – if I do get – Amon Ross A. Brown early or like a DeAndre Swift. I love stacking them with Jared Goff because he's way too cheap because this offense should be pretty good. Let's face it. The defense might suck, but that's only going to help out the offense even more. But no, this offense is very sneaky. I think they're going to put up a lot of points and there's a lot of fancy potential here. So I'm with you on just the Lions offense being sneaky good for fancy. Exactly. Two other small notes on that. Also, I think every team in Hard Knocks history has improved their win total from the year like previous the year that they're on hard knocks which helps the lions you know overall as a whole maybe some more scoring opportunities but again i believe in this offense jared goff i think like again jared goff's not a world beater he's not an amazing quarterback but he's led good offenses before i'm not saying that they have cooper cup and robert woods but i think they have a lot of weapons that are really going to improve this offense and if amon Ra takes the next step swift takes the next step and then guys like you know dj shark or tj hawkinson jameson williams when he gets back improve i think this offense could be sneaky good for this coming season but that is it for our must-have wide receivers, we only have one question to get to on this fine show, Sean. The floor is yours once again for the final time. Who is your 2022 flag plant, your boldest prediction that you believe in for this year? So my boldest prediction, I'm going to plant the flag. There we go. Terry <laughs> McLaurin will lead the league in receiving yards this year. And now – my handle is the odds maker. Um, so I, I put things in perspective. Obviously, this is um, less than a 50-50 chance, but I really do believe it. I believe it enough that I bet on it at 66 to 1 odds. I couldn't pass it up. Um, but let's let's break this down. So when we think about the lead the league receiving yards market, um, guys like Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, um, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, those guys would be, you know, up there as some of the favorites, but Three of those guys had significant QB change or team changes that, you know, I'm downgrading them a bit this year. And two of those players, DeAndre Hopkins and Calvin Ridley, are suspended. So, they, you know, they have no chance in really leading the league in receiving yards. So I think that opens up some value towards the top. And McLaurin, you mentioned it earlier, he's very talented. He really hasn't had a good quarterback. I still think he doesn't have a good quarterback. But Carson Wentz is certainly an upgrade from what he's had in the past in terms of just downfield targets. Sure. Um, so, you know, Terry McLaurin, he ran, he saw the fourth most targets downfield last year uh, with 29, but only 48% of those were catchable. You know, the league average is around 56 to 58%. Um, so if he gets, you know, just improved accuracy downfield, that's going to help. Last season, Carson Wentz, um, you know, he was fourth in downfield target accuracy. Uh, at 76% catchable targets. Uh, he ranked third in QB rating. So say what you want about Wentz. He is sort of inaccurate, especially intermediate routes. But downfield, he's a pretty good passer. So I think that's going to help unlock McLaurin's upside a bit. And McLaurin's not going to have that much competition for targets. If anything, Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel might prevent teams from double-teaming McLaurin, I guess. But 
he's going to have a wide open path to, you know, a ton of targets this year. And I think this downfield connection with Wentz and McCorn could be sneaky for him. So this is a market where I think, you know, it's worth betting on his upside that he finally has a semi below average quarterback in Carson Wentz. I love that. I love that. That's a, that's a great take. Again, like I said, I'm Terry McLaurin scares me a little bit for fantasy, but at 66 to one odds, like town is there. You had a quarterback upgrade. I, I really like that. That is, that is interesting. The one thing I also, I know I said last question, but I, I also have to ask you're the odds maker, number one fantasy pros person in three of the last seven years. So are there any other wide receivers or even other players in fantasy football that for the people that you could just rattle off real quick that you're targeting a lot in your drafts or that you really believe in this year? Yeah, so for running backs, uh, sure. the three running backs that I, I target the most are guys like A.J. Dillon, Kareem Hunt, and Tony Pollard. And the, the reason for that is they're built in upside. Um, so where they're going right now, they're, they're going to beat ADP even if the starting running back on their team stays healthy. I mean, let's face it, all three of those guys are backups. But in the event their starting running back misses time for whatever reason, they have a legit RB1 upside. So those are my favorite players to target year in, year out. So those three guys um, are key to all my drafts. And now with Kareem Hunt, he has a new path to RB1 upside. If he does get traded to a team, it will most likely be a team that wants to use him as a starting running back. So he has that built-in upside. Um, it, it's more likely that he hits that now. So those are the three backs that I'm targeting the most uh, when it comes to the running back position. I love that. I love that. Are there any other wide receivers that we didn't talk about today that you're really high on? Um, well, I mentioned him earlier. I think Drake London, when it comes to the rookie wide receivers, uh, I think yeah. he would be the one that I would take a flyer on. Again, he's going in a range where he won't kill you if he busts. I don't think he will bust. But in that wide receiver 42, 44 range, um, I love his ceiling. He had the best landing spot. He has the clearest, clearest path to targets. And he was an absolute beast at USC. I mean, he's legit. So I think if he can get decent quarterback play out of Marcus Merida or Desmond Ritter, we don't know who really is going to be quarterback all season long. So that's the only concern is the quarterback play. But he is, like Elijah Moore, just a bet on talent. So I would say out of the rookie class, he's the guy I'm targeting the most. All right. And then my final, final, final question for you today. At the end of your drafts right now, who are the tight ends that you're looking at that you think could make a sneaky leap? Every year there's some someone that makes a leap into the top three or top five. Are there any candidates that you really like this year? Like I'm a, I'm a David Njoku guy right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Evan Ingram also has some some sneaky upside, dare I say. Are there any other tight ends going in that range, or if it is those guys that you are high on right now? Yeah, if we're talking that range, this is typically best ball range. So a guy like Hunter Henry in that range sticks out because he's touchdown dependent. Best ball, you don't have to figure out which weeks he's going to score a touchdown. So that's why I love him in best ball. Uh, and then, and this is best ball also, but Hayden Hurst. I love Hayden Hurst. You can get him like tight end 26. And he's obviously stepping right into the CJ Uzoma role, which is the tight end 19 last year. Um, obviously, he's going to have his duds. I mean, he's going to be Joe Burrow's number four target most weeks, but that also comes with a high ceiling. So he's going to have spiked weeks like we saw Uzoma last year. And we have to remember Hayden Hurst is a first-round talent, and the only reason he was kind of MIA last year, it, he, he was backing up the generational talent that is Kyle Pitts. So now that he's back to being a starting tight end, um, I, I love you know his upside being potentially unlocked again in this offense. So he's another guy that I'm targeting late in best ball. 
Anhurst was also, you know, playing with Mark Andrews in Baltimore. I yeah. mean, again, and then the only year that he was a starter in Atlanta, I think he was top 10 and at the tight end position in targets. Also one other note on Hunter Henry, second among all tight ends and end zone targets last year behind only Mark Andrews, the exact guy that you want to be targeting in your best ball drafts. But Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show and we hopefully will get you back on once again next season. But it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today. Before we go, you're doing a lot of great things over at the Action Network, the director of predictive analytics over there. So anything you want to plug for the people, where they can find you and all your great work, please let them know. Yeah, you can find all my work at actionnetwork.com. And I'm on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. Been coming out with a ton of content the past couple weeks. Going to have a ton this week. I just came out with my RB upside ratings chart. Like I mentioned, I like to pick on those running backs that have the highest ceiling um, if their starting running back goes down. So what I do is I project out how I would rank them if their starter is healthy and how I'd rank them with the starter out. And I kind of cherry pick guys that I think have the most upside. So check that piece out. Um, and then I'll be doing a lot of preseason content if you're in that kind of thing. I, I like to tackle player props. And I think it's a good way to get a handle on which guys, you know, are the real deal heading in the season. So I do a lot of preseason work. So check me out at actionnetwork.com. And don't forget, the only other thing that I think that you you did miss in there is I know it's a long way away. It'll probably be in 2024, 2025, but there will be a sequel to the Batman movie that just came oh, yeah. out. So keep an eye on if the odds maker is the new Am villain. Am I a villain or a hero in that? I haven't decided I yet. Think, I think the odds maker is a, is, would be a pretty sick villain. I don't I don't know exactly <laughs> what you do, but just something, something about like a, you're like a, a, a better version or another version of like a Two-Face is the odds maker. <laughs> I think that's a, a good way to do it. So Love hopefully it. we see you starring in those roles. It will take away from your preseason articles. <laughs> give you a little less time to do some Super Bowl. Yeah. But as always, Sean, it's been a pleasure yeah. to have you on the show for you listeners. It's been amazing to have you listening along with us. So as always, you guys already know, please leave a review. You guys already know what to do. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day.